Alright guys, on this week's episode of Ashley's Ancestry, I'm going to be interviewing my Grandma Linda. She is my dad's mom. Hi, my name's Linda. I'm Ashley's grandma. And like she said, she wanted to know a little bit about her ancestors. But I want to start out a little bit um, as to why our ancestors refer to as the Germans from Russia. And the reason for that is that Ashley, your great-great-grandparents immigrated from Germany to Russia in about 1848. And the reason they did that is because in Germany, they had a a very repressive government, there was no freedom of religion, and they had the compulsory uh, enlistment in the military. And so, like I said, that's why they decided they wanted to uh, find someplace else to move to. And it just so happened that when Catherine the Great, who was an empress of Russia, but she was also a German-born princess, she issued a manifesto in 1773 to 1872 that would attract people from the Western Europe to settle in Russia in those areas that had been completely unsettled. She promised freedom of religion, freedom from taxes, uh, freedom from the military service, and free land. And in 1803, her grandson, Tsar Alexander I, issued the same decree, adding uh, a promise of interest-free loans for uh, people to purchase equipment. Uh, They could have a self-governing community and schools. And again, they could have free land from 80 to 216 acres. This is when our ancestors immigrated to South Russia, to the colonies of Rorok, Glukstol, and Berezina, and several other ones. And these were close to or near to Odessa, Russia, which was the administrative center of the district. And that's why our ancestors are referred to as coming to America from Odessa, Russia. They arrived with everything that they possessed, hoping to find permanent happiness for themselves and for their descendants. They grew wheat and corn and potatoes, and their food consisted of bread and noodles and meat, uh, lots of sauerkraut, potatoes, borscht soup, kuchen, pumpkin placenta, all kinds of good stuff. And a lot of these dishes were not necessarily learned from Germans. A lot of this was learned uh, from the Russians, including the Easter bread that we, uh, we get a lot at Easter time, of course. And it was called baska which is baked in a coffee tin so that the tops raised into a dome shape, which resembled the domes on the Russian churches. In the 1870s, the promises that the Russians had made were gradually withdrawn. Their right to self-government was taken away, along with the right to keep German language in their schools. The military draft was reinstated, and this is when our German ancestors looked to the New World again to immigrate. All right, so my first question for you, Grandma, is what members of our family came to the U.S., and then where did they settle? Um, my great-grandparents, Peter Schneider and his wife, Catherine, and three small children immigrated from Rohrbach, South Russia, in 1887. They settled in Fremont, South Dakota, where they farmed. They had 13 children. Five of those died in infancy, and one of the three children that immigrated with their parents was Margaretha, my grandma. Um, My great-grandparents, Christian Blumhardt and his wife, Magdalena, 
emigrated from Gluckstal, South Russia in 1867, and they settled in Fremont, South Dakota, where they farmed. They raised four children. One of them was my grandfather, Edward Bloomhart. So on my mom's side, my great-grandparents were Christian Nitschke and his wife, Anna. They emigrated from Beresina, South Russia in 1903, and they settled on a farm near Ashley, North Dakota. They had nine children and only six reached adulthood, and one of the six was my grandfather, John Ernest Nitschke. Uh, my great-grandparents, Godlip and Sarah Schaefer, Sarah came to America in 1888, and Godlip came five years later in 1893. They had eight children, and their daughter, Amelia, was my grandmother. All right. So what did your family do to, like, make a living when they first settled here? They were all farmers. And then... The wives and all their kids worked on the farms, too. I think that was why they had so many children. They needed the many hands to get all the work done in the home and on the farm. Um, what did your parents do to make a living for their family? They continued to farm. Uh, my parents, after two years of marriage, they moved from uh, moved on the farm with my grandpa and grandma Bloomhart. They continued to farm it after my grandparents retired. Was your family culture used in your everyday lives growing up? Yes, living on the farm with my grandparents and parents who spoke only German with each other. Uh, resulted in that if I wanted to talk to my grandparents, I had to speak German. And our church that we went to was also conducted in German. This resulted in me not knowing much English. I did not enjoy my first grade in our little country school because the teacher who spoke very little German made it difficult for us to understand each other. My second grade was much better because my parents made sure that I learned some English. Unfortunately, I can understand people speaking German now, but I lost my ability to do the speaking myself. Would you say your culture impacted the way you were raised and who you are now? Yes. The culture I grew up in instilled in me the character of reliability, punctuality, strong work ethic, and a bit of stubbornness that I'm sometimes told I have. But most of all, it passed down to me a faith in God. I know my ancestors or our ancestors went through many hardships, and it was only their faith in God that brought them through hardships. All right. What do you do now to keep our family culture alive? Well, I was taught by my grandmother and by my mom how to cook some of the German-Russian foods like uh, sauerkraut dishes, quesnifla, strudels, placenta, uh, kuchen, you know, things like that. I've also, I've collected information and pictures of uh, ancestors that I put into albums for family members in hopes that they will be passed on to future generations. I believe that knowing one's history gives a person a sense of self-worth and belonging. And then, do you know any interesting stories about our ancestors? Not very many. There's just a few things I've found out. On my dad's side, I discovered that a 10th generation Bloomhart, his name was G. Johann Christoph, Christoph Bloomhart, he had a strong belief in God and miracles, and he had a healing ministry. His son, Christoph, 
uh, studied theology, and he became a renowned uh, evangelist. They both wrote several books on Christianity, and you can still purchase those today. On my mother's side, uh, my grandma, Anna Nitschke, had never been sick until she was 57 years old when she suffered a severe abdominal pain. Uh, she saw about five different doctors, but none of them were able to help her. She was in a Eureka Hospital, Eureka, South Dakota Hospital, where they had found that she had a twisted intestine, and she had gone for 12 whole days without eating or drinking before she passed away. Um, my um, my other great-grandpa and grandma, Schaefer, they had their first daughter, was Martha. And one day, while grandpa, uh, great-grandpa and grandma were out doing chores, she got a hold of some matches and was playing with them. She started a fire in which she was badly burned. She was only two years old. And that's about it. Well, thank you, Grandma, for being a guest on my podcast this week. Next week, we'll interview another grandparent and see what they got to say. That's all for now. Adios. All right, guys, this week on Ashley's Ancestry Podcast, we have my grandpa, Sydney here. He is my dad's dad. Grandpa, would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Sydney Barrett, and I am Ashley's grandpa. All right, well, let's dive in and get to our first questions here. So, what members of our family came to the U.S., and where did they settle? I don't have a history of my great grandparents on my dad's side of the family. I can begin with my grandfather, Jacob Barrett, who was born in Bessareba, South Russia in 1888. He immigrated with his parents to Halifax, Canada in 1903 and at the age of 15. They moved on to settle in the Harvey, North Dakota area. He later at the age of 22 homesteaded in Montana. In 1910, he moved to Goodrich in 25, where he was married to Elizabeth Rouser. He was born, she was born in Romania in 1900, immigrated in 1902 with her parents. They homesteaded in the Mercer, North Dakota area. On my great-grandfather's side of the family were Edward and Wilmenia Rouser. They were both born in Katzbach, South Russia, immigrated to America in 1902, and they settled in the Mercer, North Dakota area also. My great-grandfather, Fred Malk, was born in Worms, South Russia in 1878 and immigrated to America in 1898. They settled in the Pheasanton area and in 1900 moved to Goodrich, North Dakota, where he and his wife, Louisa Koenig, farmed. My great-grandmother was born in Rosenfield, South Russia, and immigrated in 1890 with her parents to the Napoleon, North Dakota area. My great-grandmother's side of the family were Ben and Christina Brodell. They were both born in Russia and immigrated to America in 1887. Their family settled in the Goodrich, North Dakota area. All right, Grandpa. So what did your family do to make a living? They were all farmers. Okay, and then what did your parents do to make a living for their families? They also farmed in the Goodrich, North Dakota area. 
Was your family's culture used in your everyday lives growing up? We went to church a lot. We grew up being very frugal. We carried on with the culture of being hard workers. My parents were very hospitable, which is a German characteristic. We had lots of a company, and my mother was always cooking for visitors. Um, would you say your culture impacted the way you were raised and who you are now? Absolutely. I am still a very social person. I continued with making a living on our farm. Um, what do you do now to keep our family culture alive? I am retired and no longer farm, but continue to try and do upkeep on the family farm. Do you know any interesting stories about our ancestors? Yes, my dad's parents were both deaf. They lost their hearing due to getting fevers on the ships coming to America. Grandpa would know when the train was coming to town because he could feel the vibrations. He could go to the bar and enjoy the music because he could feel the beat and made him also a good dancer. Even though he could not talk since he could not hear, he was good at calling the cattle. He could be heard for far away. Grandpa had a hard time communicating when she was, was, went shopping. No one wanted to wait on her. They liked watching TV even though they could not hear it. They had a lonely life. Well, thanks, Grandpa, for answering my questions and learned a lot about my family on this episode. Well, see you guys next week with another episode. Adios. Hey, guys. Welcome to Ashley's Ancestry Podcast. Um, This week is going to be a little bit different due to coronavirus and my grandpa being recently diagnosed with cancer. So I'm not allowed to go over there just to make sure that he can stay healthy and everything. So I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of information about my grandpa Terry and his wife, my grandma Becky. So we'll start with my grandpa Terry. So my great, great grandpa Martin Ressler came from uh, Russia and he moved to St. Anthony, North Dakota, which is by Mandan, if you guys don't know where that is. He married and was the number one wheat producer in North Dakota, and he was making a lot of money, and his wife didn't love him, so she poisoned him, apparently, and then sent my grandpa Tony and his brother to go live with a neighboring farmer. Then my grandpa Tony... Uh, married my great-grandma Maggie and they continued to farm out by St. Anthony and then him and his brother opened up a blacksmith shop and my great-grandpa Tony my great-grandma Maggie had three kids our four kids my uncle Gary my uncle Keith my grandpa and my aunt Carol Um, my grandpa Tony spoke fluent German and him and his friends would meet up and play pinnacle all the time. And they'd still like be speaking fluent German all the time. So if anybody wanted to understand them, like you had to speak German too. 
And then my grandpa Terry, which is my mom's dad, he went to school until the 8th grade and then he um, dropped out to help work on the family farm and the blacksmith shop. And he married my grandma Becky and they started a siding company here in Mandan that they still own and operate today. They had three kids. Um, my mom, obviously, and then my aunt and my uncle. Um, stuff that we do in our family from my grandpa Terry's side to kind of, like, keep our culture alive is, I don't know if it's more so, like, this is part of our culture, but this is just, like, a family thing. Everybody in my family knows how to play pinochle, and we get together on the holidays, and we will be up until 1, 2 a.m. just playing pinochle together. Um, my grandpa Terry also can speak and understand some German. And then he still has somewhat of a German accent. So growing up, I kind of got some of his phrases from him and stuff that I can say. And I like he like taught me to swear in German when I was younger because then he told me my mom wouldn't know when I wouldn't get in trouble and stuff like that. He also does save um, old family albums. He has quite a few downstairs in his safe. And it's mainly just pictures. And then he does have one book of the St. Anthony town history. And that has a lot about our family in it also. And then we do make a lot of old recipes that his mother made. And my mom will make them today. And then my grandma Becky, his wife, will continue to make them. So that's about that's a little bit about my grandpa Terry and then we have my grandma Becky and her family moved over here from Ireland and Norway um not really sure what generation moved over um just because we don't have a we don't know a lot of information the family spread out too much and no one kept track so there's her family is all over the country. What we do know is that they were very big plantation farmers. And their last name was Lewis. And something that I found interesting about that is... Since they were plantation farmers, they had slaves out on their plantations. And when they would release their slaves, the slaves would get the last name of the plantation owner, which is Lewis. And I guess there is a lot of people who have slaves in their ancestry that are actually have the last name Lewis. And some of that comes from like my grandma Becky's family. Also on her side, we don't practice very many traditions or we don't take a lot of culture from her family. Like she is Irish and Norwegian, but like St. Patrick's Day has never been anything special, or we don't eat a lot of Norwegian dishes like krumkakas and lefse. Um, everything we really have adapted comes from her husband, like my grandpa Terry's side. Um, she tried to do some digging to see if she could like find any information, but it's so broad and vague that she was not able to find anything, which is really sad because I definitely like to know more, especially about that plantation farmer topic and just like how much did they own or what was how many slaves did they have type of thing and when did they stop 
having slaves on their farm and how well did they treat everybody and stuff like that. I think that'd be kind of interesting to find out, but I'll have to see what I can do. But that is my episode on my mom's dad and my mom's mom, my grandpa Terry and my grandma Becky. So thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. See you next week. Hi guys, welcome to the final episode of my podcast. This is me kind of putting what I've learned from the previous podcast all together about my ancestry. Um, some things that I kind of learned was my life is kind of a lie a little bit. Uh, I learned a lot that what I thought came from my German heritage was more Russian than what I expected. My family did move to Russia from Germany and they picked up more Russian cultures than they did German cultures. So something that really like kind of caught my eye was the fact that all of the German dishes that my family makes and eats are not really German at all. And this was, like, really surprising. When I was talking to my grandma, I kind of just said that, like, my life is a lie. My favorite bread, which is Busca bread or Easter bread, I've always been told has been a German bread that is made. But it actually comes from Russia, which was super interesting for me to find out. Um, Another thing that was surprising is, like, my love for sauerkraut. I always thought that that came from my German heritage also, but sauerkraut is more of a Russian thing than it is a German thing, and the Germans have adapted that to the way they cook from the Russians, which I was really surprised by. Same with things like flesh kegla, which is dough with bread and sauerkraut in it and then fried. That is also Russian and not German and was just adapt the Germans just adapted that meal from the Russians which I was kind of shocked because like I've always grown up thinking that was a very German dish but really it's more Russian than it is German and uh borscht soup which I absolutely do not like it's beet soup and I don't like beets but my grandparents all really like it and they make it from time to time for themselves. But that is also Russian and not German. And I was very, very surprised by that. But I just thought that was kind of interesting to figure out that a lot of the stuff that I've adapted into my life thinking words German actually has more of a Russian background. Um, I also realized that I'm influenced, influenced by my culture more than I thought I was. Um, I thought that my work ethic just came from my parents, but my whole family has had to work extremely hard to get where they are today. And not just like my immediate family, but my great, great grandparents, They came over here with absolutely nothing and started farms by themselves. And farming has been a big influence in our family because my dad's dad has been a farmer. 
and the work that goes into starting a farm all by yourself is absolutely insane and they're all extremely hard workers and I like to think that I have a really good work ethic too when it comes to my jobs I always put in 110 percent and I thought I mainly got that from my dad but it's something that has been passed down through the generations of being a hard worker so I kind of opened my eyes to that um I'm a very social person also which I thought was mainly just like my personality but I have been around people who are extremely social growing up my great great grandpa Tony on my mom's side he would always have his friends over to play games of pinochle and he'd always be socializing or my great grandma on my dad's side she always had people over at the house after church and would cook meals and they'd all come over and talk and everything and even like in my parents and my grandparents they always have big social gatherings where they invite 20 some people over just to hang out and play cards or just talk about life and stuff and I didn't realize how much that's impacted the way that I am growing up. I enjoy the company of other people. I don't like being by myself whatsoever. And I realized that that definitely came from part of my family and part of my culture of just used to having always that social aspect in my life. Another thing is saving money. Um... My family had to save money. They had to be frugal. Otherwise, they wouldn't be where they are today. And I'm pretty decent at saving my money. And I definitely realize that that has been greatly influenced by my family. My grandpa, Sydney, my dad's dad, wouldn't be saving money if his dad wouldn't have taught him that. And my dad saves money like crazy. And... I would not have had that influence if it wouldn't have started earlier on in the family, which it's those little things like that that you don't realize that your culture actually has impacted you greatly than what it what you thought it would, I guess. I don't know. But another thing that kind of surprised me is it is I appreciate everything so much more. Um, Seeing how hard everybody had to work to get where they are today and seeing from where we started as immigrants only getting a couple acres of land to try to find and provide for our family to my grandpa running a full-blown farm with over a thousand acres. It just really, it makes you appreciate what they did for you because I would not have the lifestyle I have now if they wouldn't have started where they did. And I am extremely grateful for that. And it also just made me who I am. If I would not have had my family's background in my life, I would not be the person I am today. I am social. I'm outgoing. I love my family to death. They're the closest... They're my best friends, and I'm just thankful for that, and I'm thankful for what they did to 
allow me to be where I'm at today. Just knowing that not all of my family had a proper schooling or not all of my family got the opportunity to go to college, but because of the choices that they made and the sacrifices they made, I was able to go to school and I was able to go to college and get a higher education. And I am grateful for that 150%. And I know I'm just, it just makes me realize that there's so much more to life than making sure that I like get my Starbucks in the morning and stuff like that. And it just makes me thankful and it definitely has opened my eyes and I really appreciate this assignment because I feel like I have learned so much more and have gained a new appreciation for what my family has done and the decisions and the choices that they made where I might have thought that that was ridiculous or I don't understand why they did that but in reality like it all makes sense in a way so as far as I can say about this whole podcast and learning about everything is that I'm just truly grateful for the life I have and I'm truly grateful for what they did and how that has impacted me and has made my life better and different than what they have had so yep that is my podcasts I hope you guys enjoyed all the episodes I definitely enjoyed doing this so yeah Thank you for listening.